Hi there. This week, we're revisiting one of our best performing episodes of 2023. And here it is. This is going to be absolutely killer if you're listening. It's going to make you some money. If you do those three things, your on-job profit will improve. The devil is in the detail. Say no to non-chargeable time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, accountants. If you don't sleep well, everything's kind of a challenge. And it's exactly the same with your on-the-job profit. We are in business to make money. Uh, If you're not, deregister. Come a charity. 60k in profit that is sitting in your business right now just waiting for you to get up and go and find it it's like a little teaser i just wanted to watch a few soap operas they have a little teaser a little cliffhanger the importance of your on-the-job profit cannot be overstated it's the engine room of your trade or your service-based business yet many business owners are winging their pricing and doing little to check the profitability of the jobs that they've completed The result is one of two things. First, the business is struggling for money, or second, you as the business owner are missing out on thousands of dollars of profit that you could and should be making. Tune into today's podcast where we discuss why you need to be a gun at driving your on-the-job profit and how to get better at it. Well, howdy there. I'm Tony Fraser-Jones, the host of the Profitable Trady podcast with my co-host, Phil Smith. How are you doing there, Phil Smith? Always good, mate. Always good. Feeling great. You are. Feeling fresh. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Hey, we were just talking about school songs before. <laughs> you want to give us a rendition? Nah. Well, my I don't think my school had a song, but my, my boys' high school does have a song, and it's kind of cool when you hear a thousand boys singing the school song. Anyway, I'm not sure anyone's probably very interested in that, but uh, it was slightly emotional hearing it. Nice. Mm. My uh, my school song went... Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. Ah, excellent. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Luke, I am your father. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We marched in lines and <sighs> shot little laser guns. And, yeah, it was, it was each fun. I thought that was a pretty good voice of me there. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I need bigger kahunas to be James Earl Jones because he... Yeah, I was going to say you're way, way too high. I am a little high. You're way too high. Some sing high and Luke. some sing low. Anyway. I am your father. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. do it anyway. uh, This has got no relevance to what we're talking about yeah. today, which is actually uh, really important. And I am um, I'm really excited to get into this today because this is going to be uh, absolutely killer if you're listening. It's going to make you some money. Wow, it should make you some money if you do it. So well, that's the key. You've got to do it. But uh, that's kind of the thing with life. Well, I think the thing is that when you are running a business, like there's lots to focus on, yep. right? Um, you know, jobs, team, paperwork, et cetera. But sometimes as a big as a business owner, we actually can forget about <laughs> the most important thing. Which is making a bloody profit. Making a profit. That's <laughs> right. Uh, you know, after all, we are in business to make money. Uh, if you're not, then um, deregister. Come a charity. Yeah, well, you, prob- you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast because it's yeah. called the Profitable Tradie Podcast for a reason because it's about helping you make more money. That's it. Maybe we should rename it. Well, we could call it the Charitable Tradie Podcast. We could. If people don't want to make more money. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we should because we are called Profitable Tradie because uh, we aim to make all of our clients and businesses uh, way more profitable. So, you know, the sad reality is a lot of business owners that are running, uh, you know, their businesses are running it a bit more like a charity. Um, you know, everybody else is benefiting, the staff, clients, suppliers, but the owner's not benefiting financially uh, or at least as much as they should. Uh, and I think the main reason is their jobs are not generating enough profit. Yeah. So making your jobs profitable is key. And I call that a, a foundational skill. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of foundational skills or habits in life. You know, if you think about your life in general, a foundational habit, I guess, is getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. You know, everything is better if you sleep well. Your health's better. Your relationships are better. Your weight's better. Your emotions are better. You've got more energy. And if you don't sleep well, everything's kind of a challenge. You know, you get irritable. Uh, you don't have as much energy. You can't think straight. 
Your relationships suffer because you just don't have the energy. And it's exactly the same with your on-the-job profit. If you get this right, your whole business is easy. If you get it wrong, basically your business ends up sucking. That's Pretty right. simple. And it's it's a hand-to-mouth uh, existence. Like it's just you know, often robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's it. That's it. And I'm sure you've got a story to uh, hammer this home. I have got a story. Hopefully it doesn't go on too long. You can tune me up if, if it does. Um, <laughs> give, it, give it your best shot. I will. Uh, actually, I want to talk about a coaching call that I was uh, that I was on the other day. So every week we run a, a, a question and answer session for our members where they can jump on and uh, get help with you know, things they're stuck with or and, and help from the other people in the group as well. And what we do is we, you know, we maybe have 60, 80, 100, 120 people on that call, depending, each week. And we break it up into revenue segments. So we have the people who have just been on, uh, you know, that have been working with for six weeks. They go in a room because they've got some stuff they need to set up at the start, you know, time management stuff and some basic financial skills. Yep. And then we have a, a, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, <laughs> under a hundred thousand dollars in monthly revenue room and then a, a over a hundred thousand dollars in monthly revenue room. Anyways, Mr. K, should we call him? Asked a question <laughs> and it was actually a bit of a weird question to me. And the question Mr. K asked was, um, what sort of profit margins are the rest of you guys making? So we, we went around the horn. Everyone uh, chipped in. In my room, I can't remember how there maybe 30-odd people. I can't remember. Uh, and we shared what their, our net profit margins were. And some were, you know, really strong, 15 to sort of 17%, which is, you know, a really good benchmark. If you hit there, that's, you know, where we want to be at for net margin. Yeah. Uh, not gross margin, which we'll get into. Mm. Uh, and then there were a bunch, you know, in the, in the, around the 10, there were a few, you know, below five and, and a bunch five to eight sort of thing. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Does that help, Mr. K? Yep. But then it really clicked what Mr. K was asking. Actually, his real question was, how do I improve my profit? That's right. Uh, because why else would you ask that question? And I'm like, well, why are you asking this question? Like, you know this stuff. Now, Mr. K is actually a pretty successful uh, member of our program and he's done very well. But um, like people do sometimes, they kind of forget about the basics. Yeah. You know, the, the rest of the group had a bunch of suggestions uh, for what Mr. K could do, but I only had really two questions. And um, I only have really two questions for everyone or suggestions for people in this situation. And there really are only two things you need to do. Uh, and we're going to drill into those today, so you need to stick around. It's like a little teaser. I just wanted to <laughs> watch a few soap operas. They have a little teaser, a little cliffhanger at the, you know, at the, at the break. Tony's days of our lives. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. be very exciting, I can tell you. <laughs> Excuse me, I was just taking a drink of my um, cumin tea. My cumin, it's not cumin it's tea today. Really disgusting. It's normal tea. Stinks. Um, anyway, uh, so I guess the message from this story, and we'll get into the the meat of it, is um, that Mister K was actually really frustrated with his business. He was concerned about hiring more people because his profit was down, and his general mood, you know, was just a bit glum. You could mm. just tell his shoulders were slumped, his head was sort of down. Uh, he's a pretty energetic guy, and he was just a bit subdued. Uh, and that happens to all of us when our profit is down. Does you know it really affects you? Uh, and I, I once had a mentor say to me, "There's there's nothing that an extra hundred thousand dollars of profit wouldn't help with." Yeah, it's true, and it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, money doesn't necessarily make you happy, but um, it sure as hell helps. Yeah, that's right. And, and maybe well, it gives you, know, you something to blow your nose with after that's, you. <laughs> that's right. Just, uh, rip out a few hundies. Yeah, that's from it. the wallet. That's it. But I think the point is, is like, if you're feeling this way, I'm sure that you have uh, some of the f- same frustrations, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure people have kind of asked that same question. What margins are you making? What they really are asking is what, you know, what can I do to improve my yeah, profit? Because yeah. ultimately they're dissatisfied with the profit they're making. Right? Yeah. And uh, the thing about being profitable is that it's actually about doing some basics really well, but just doing them every day, consistently, relentlessly, like a machine. Mm. Uh, and um, Mr. K had stopped doing the basics for a couple of months. 
you know, coaching sort of pushes you back on track as well. And that's what I hope if you're listening today, this is going to give you a bit of a push. It's like a sports person. We've talked about this many times that it's a really helpful metaphor. They are incredibly good at doing the basics. Like uh, cricket's a game I play. If you're, Sorry if you're listening in the US or Canada. It's a funny game with a stick and a ball. Um, but, you know, the basics is just getting your head over the ball, hitting the, you know, moving towards the ball and just hitting the ball. You know, yeah. Just hit balls with the basics. Yeah. That's all you do. And the, right. the best players go back and do that because inevitably they've forgotten something about it. And this is the same in your business. Yeah. So we've got to get these these two basic things right. Yeah. And if we don't stay on the basics, uh, you know, and get on top of our job profits, we have some issues. First one is you will have cash flow issues. Yep. Uh, every time we see people with cash flow issues, they have problems with their on-the-job profit. That's right. Uh, which means you don't have enough money to pay your bills, your invoices, and your wages often, or your tax, and you're under pressure. Well, actually, on a coaching call I was doing the other day, uh, dealing with a cash flow issue, and um, basically this this member said, well, look, I've, I've got enough workflow, so it's not lumpy workflow. I've got enough profit. I'm making good margins, um, and it's actually just that I'm not getting paid on time. So you know, we dealt mm. with that, and we picked it apart. And we got all the way through to the end, and then I said, "Now that you've you know got some strategies to deal with getting paid on time, uh, still go back and put your margins up because if you actually have that much workflow at that margin, then guess what? Your margins are still too low, so you're still going to have to try to look to make more margin from your jobs because even though you can do these strategies to get paid on time a little bit quicker or you know reduce your cash gap, that's all cool, but." having more profit is actually still going to help reduce that cash gap as well. So you can hit it from two angles. So either way, um, improving the profitability is still Massive. something you yeah, want but to do you for will, cash flow. You will have cash flow issues if your profit from the jobs are not good enough. 100%. Uh, the next thing is you're going to struggle to provide a great service to your clients in the long run. And people don't realise this. And that's an issue because you'll be in a penny-pinching mindset. Like you're always struggling. It's, you know, living hand-to-mouth. And you stop investing money back into your systems and your, and your team. Uh, you you struggle to hire, you, you don't want to pay your team anymore, maybe a key person leaves or you don't attract the good people because you, you're not able to pay what you think you should. And so you get caught in the poverty trap. Yeah. You know, you, you're, just, you're getting by on the smell of an oily rag and that's the kind of service you're providing as well. Uh, so that's a biggie. You're going to feel overworked, tired and, and eventually broken because you try to do everything yourself to keep the cost down. Mm. And uh, you become like a you know, super person. Uh, maybe you even start wearing undies on the outside, which is a sign of madness that you've been working too hard and you have an on-the-job profit problem. Yeah, hopefully someone tells you that the old undies on the outside isn't a good look. Yeah, work for Superman, but not too many other people. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and the the last one, and this is really important, and you may not realise this one, is you feel confused about why things aren't working. If you're not analysing your job profitability and understanding it, you'll often try to make changes, uh, but feel like the results aren't what you want. Because you're not working on the right things. You don't know what the right things are. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's incredibly important. On the other hand, though, if we get this right, you know, and we do manage to improve our on-the-job profits, then what? You, well, you give yourself the opportunity to generate great cash flow. You have money for your bills, you're ahead of your tax, you can pay wages, and profit for yourself. That's the whole point of being in business is to create profit. That's like super profit that pays for your risk of being in business and the reward. Yeah. So that's huge. I think the second thing is you can actually take – uh, some of the profitability that you make and invest it back into your business to improve the systems, to hire the best people. That leads to better service for your clients. Yeah. And so that's, instead of a poverty trap, it's like a, it's more like a wealth cycle that, that improves. So in a sense, the, the rich get richer with this. Yeah. Uh, next thing is you can grow a team. So you feel confident about hiring because you've got the cash. This is a big thing for people. You can be really busy. So a lot of people are busy not making any money. Yeah. And they don't want to hire anyone. It's just another cycle of doom. 
Yep. But if you've got good profitability, then you feel good about hiring and you're on the front foot and that helps you create a business with lifestyle. Well, pulling you out of those doldrums really just uh, helps to open your mind a bit. You know, instead of looking down at your shoes, you start looking up and, uh, and seeing what's there. Um, but you'll never stop looking at the shoes if you're not making any profit, profit. Right? Yeah, and the last thing is, and I think this is really powerful, if you are across your job profitability, you feel like you're in control of your destiny, you're in control of your life. If you're not in control, you feel helpless, and that's that's a tough place to be. And you're in control because you have a clear picture of what's actually happening on the jobs in terms of profit. Yeah. So that, that gives you confidence. You can make decisions, you can make changes on you know based on the right information, rather than just guesswork. And so many business owners, and maybe you're listening and you fall into this trap, it's not because you're, you know, you're not smart or you're not trying to do a good job, you're kind of just guessing about what you need to do rather than actually understanding how the numbers look and what, you know, what actually needs to happen. Yeah, totally. Well, how do we do this? Good question. Well, there's a few things I think we need to understand. And what we want to focus on is something called gross profit, which is your job profit. Mm. So really simply the way this works is every time you do a job, You've got the revenue, which is what you sell the job for. Maybe it's $1,000, and then you have uh, the labor cost of doing the job. That's the direct labor to actually do the job. That's your tradespeople and your technicians' wages. Yep. You have the materials for doing the job. Yep. So the stuff you buy from the supplier, merchant. Uh, if you have any other costs directly associated with the job, maybe you have to hire some equipment, yep. maybe a digger or a trailer or whatever it is. Uh, maybe sometimes you have a subcontractor that you need to come in to do a job. They would all be part of the, the job cost. Yeah. And so what cost you do is goods. cost of goods. So you work at your cost of goods, you take that off the revenue, and that gives you your gross profit on the job, which is your job profit. Yep. It's like a, a little profit and loss statement for the job. Yeah. And so to be clear, when we were talking earlier about net, you know, at that point on your profit and loss, you'd then have overheads, which would come off the on-job profit, your gross profit. Yeah. And when you take those overheads away, you're left with your net profit. But the fact is, is if we think in terms of net profit, the hard part is reducing your overheads is often not uh, not the best strategy to become more profitable. You usually need those overheads in order to keep the business running. And a lot of the time, people aren't that frivolous with it. And we did a whole episode on how uh, reducing overheads is not the way to be more profitable. So that's why today what we want to talk about is that on-job profit, right? That's something much more easily yeah, influenced. Yeah, the, the biggest problem with profitability for most businesses is not their overheads. No. In fact, most businesses are have not enough overheads and they're running around like well, my dad used to term a blue-ass fly, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. Um, and so they're too busy. They actually need more support in yeah. the office. But we're going to not even think about overheads today. No. And inevitably, when we're helping businesses, we, we look at that like second or third. It's the gross profit that counts. Yeah, because if we take that gross profit and can increase it, yeah. then we can re, you know subtract the same amount of overheads but be left with more net. So the that, thing is, right. is, if we increase that on-job profit, we increase our net as a result. Yeah, yeah. So Simple let's leave that. overheads to the side. I and mean, Often accountants, we've talked about accountants before, um, <laughs> on the podcast, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, Are we going back friends. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, accountants. But, uh, they, they're into all cutting all the costs, which is, you know, you don't want to be stupid <sighs> with it, but it's, it's, it's yeah. you can't save your way to wealth. Yeah. Uh, so that's your gross profit. Oh, what? I thought the best way to be more profitable was to, you know, get rid of all your tradesmen and sell all your equipment. Uh, nice, nice yeah. work. Yeah, let me know yeah, how that goes for you. done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've worked out what the gross profit is. That's your revenue, less your cost of goods gives you your gross profit. The one other thing you want to understand is your gross margin. So that simply is uh, your gross profit divided by your revenue. So you know if your gross profit is three hundred dollars and the job was a thousand dollars, three hundred divided by a thousand is thirty percent gross margin. Yep. And gross margin, that margin is really important because it's a great tool for comparing jobs and setting targets when you're pricing and, and that kind of thing uh, as well. So here's the thing: uh, when you do a job, let's say it's worth a thousand bucks, 
And after you take off the costs of doing the job, those direct costs, and say they were 800, you're left with 200 bucks. That's 200 bucks left to pay for all your overheads and your profit. You've got a big problem. Yep. Because there ain't enough. It's not enough. There's probably barely enough to pay for your overheads if you're lucky, and there's certainly not much left to pay for your profit. Well, if we look at this, I mean, that would be a 20% margin, 200 out of 1,000. And the hard part is that most trades and service businesses are going to have an overhead margin of, you know, 18 to 28%, depending on the trade and what type of work they do. Um, And so when you look at that, if you're likely to have overheads, which are 18 to 28% of your sales, then you're... Your gross margin needs to be considerably more than twenty eight percent, or there will not be a net profit at the end. Yep. Like you're in I, a world of hurt. Yeah, like if I, you know, if I take only twenty eight percent worth of gross margin and my overhead to twenty eight percent, that leaves a big fat goose egg at the end, doesn't it? So nice. that's why we need to be across this. Yeah. So so let's get into what you know we can actually do here. Uh, what we want to understand is what is our gross profit. Number one, we've talked about that, and two is how do we actually impact the gross profit. So gross profit really is, it tells you two things at the basic level. The first thing is how good is your pricing? You know, how much fat are in the jobs when you do them? And how productive are you as a team? How good are you at getting through the job? Yeah. That's huge. There is one other thing. I said there's two things that are important here. Maybe uh, this is like a extra bonus offer here. There's a third thing, and that's called um, labor utilization. Uh, you know, you could have uh, all your jobs are profitable, at a good 40, 45% gross margin, but your team's only working for 30, 40 hours of 40 hours a week. So they're not working for 10 hours a week because you haven't got jobs. Well, you're going to have a problem there because you still yeah. got to pay them. So your labor utilization is going to be pretty low and that's going to impact your, you know, your overall job profitability. Uh, so that's definitely something to look at. Yep. Um, now here's, here's the thing, and this is what often happens. Uh, we had another client, good client. Uh, let's call him Mr. Mr. B. Mr. B will do. Mr. B. And he, again, uh, and that's why I did this topic today, because um, he had, like, he, he's a high six-figure profit business. Yeah. Uh, very successful. But he'd had some, a couple of poor months, and uh, he'd written a bunch of suggestions for what he should do to actually fix it. And I'm going to read some of them out. You know, I need to recover all the time to be as chargeable as possible. I need to increase sales and sell more items per sale so that the individual sales better. I need to employ more tradespeople uh, to get a better balance with admin staff. That can be a real trap. We'll talk about that. Yep. Uh, maybe I need a shorter shut over the Christmas vacation uh, to lessen the time. And I need to create a better budget that reflects the available hours I have for the trades people. Well, there's five things. They're all super helpful, but really he's missing the point. And the point is there's only two things. The overheads don't come into it. The only two things he needs to focus on right now, Mr. B, is how good is his pricing and how productive are the team at getting through the work. Yeah. So... Let's look at, I think the first thing is pricing, because uh, this is crucial. Are you pricing your work for enough margin to start with? That's huge, right? I mean, how often do we see that people price work and there is no chance of them making a decent job profit because there's just no profit in the job. Yeah, you I mean, it? it's not going to work. It just doesn't work. No. Uh, you know, if it's a rubbish job in terms of profitability when you price it, there's, I haven't yet met them and I'd love that there were, there's no kind of uh, job theory who'll suddenly turn this turd into like an incredibly profitable job. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There's always someone you know who just had this huge windfall of luck on site and just somehow got a ten-hour yeah. job done in one hour because of this and that and the other thing. But honestly, it's it's not likely, and you, you definitely don't want to bank on being the exception to the rule. So yeah. just 
just accept that you need to price the job well in the first place or otherwise you're going to have a real hard yep. time. And and most people are pricing out of their own pocket, so they price the job for what they think they'd pay for it. They don't price it for what it's really worth and they certainly don't price it to be profitable. That's right. Uh, so this is, this is huge. Now, you need to price work as highly as you possibly can when you price it. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting you try and take advantage of people. That's uh, not what it's about. No. Because you really can't take advantage. This grinds my guess. You cannot take advantage of somebody in terms of pricing because they just won't accept the price. Like, if I'm happy to pay the price that you offered, it doesn't actually matter what that price is because I'm happy with it. That's why I paid it. If I wasn't happy with it, I just wouldn't have paid it. So it's actually impossible to take advantage of somebody because they've already weighted up with a value equation in their mind. And if they're happy with the price, it's because they see value in that price for the service you've provided. So that's all there is to it. Yeah. So this Your is Your opinion is irrelevant. Yeah, it's massively important. But that's if it. you do not have good margins when you price the work, you cannot make good margins. That's uh, it. So the big mistake here is that most business owners they actually don't have a target gross profit margin that they check before sending their quotes or their bids. Mm. Now, for example, you would want your you know, your smaller jobs, your service, maintenance works, jobbing type work, uh, maybe that's repairs, replacing faucets or taps or uh, putting a you know extractor fan in a bathroom or a towel rail. Yeah, new uh, power outlets. Yeah, like, power, yeah, all that sort of stuff. stuff. Small jobs. Small jobs. Uh, you want them to be at a high margin. They should be 55, 60% gross margin. Yeah. Minimum. That's it. Uh, so you have a target for that. Mm. For your building construction work, maybe that's 35 to 45%. You have a yep. target for that. And that's what you send your quotes or your bids at it. Maybe for your large commercial jobs, uh, it might be a little bit less because they're bigger jobs. Mm. Uh, maybe it's a 30%. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this varies by trade and it varies by exact type of job. Yeah. We get that. These are just like rough benchmarks. Good, good benchmarks. And, yeah. and you can, once you start costing your jobs, which we'll talk about, you can set your own benchmarks and tweak them. That's right. Uh, but let me give you an example here with, uh, with the commercial work. Now, we've worked with a number of large businesses, you know, 10, 15, $20 million revenue businesses who do a lot of commercial jobs, big jobs, $2 million jobs, $3 million jobs. And their margins, their gross margins are like 18% or mm. 20%. Yep. And inevitably those businesses cannot make money no matter how productive they are because the job just doesn't have enough profit when they priced it. It's just, yeah. it's like uh, they get excited about the revenue, the high, the high contract price. That means nothing. Yeah. What counts is the profit. Well, 18%, I mean, like you said, most trades businesses, their overheads will be 18 to 28%. And we, as we know, I mean, if you've done a, a lot of these large commercial jobs, I mean, we're looking sort of like, yeah, $2 million job. Um, the chance of this going perfectly is, you know, that's is actually quite difficult. It's a low chance. It's probably a long, long job. And there's a lot of things can go wrong in that time. Well, you make one pricing mistake on one bathroom and then you multiply it by the 28 bathrooms in the in the building or the apartment or whatever, and you're in serious problem. Yeah, you can get in some real trouble. Not to mention that these large commercial jobs have retentions as well, so you yeah. maybe you don't get 10% of the price until 6 to 12 months down the track. So you, you're in a world of hurt. So point here is you've got to have good fat in the job when you price it. You need a target gross margin yeah. uh, that you check before you send the jobs. And if you can't win your work for more than 18%, then, man, Find let's, some let's other someone work. else win it and you yeah. do something else. Let someone else win it and destroy their business. Yeah, you can do some other type of work. But I think, so, um, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You go. Okay, thank you, sir. Yeah, um, I'm getting on, uh, getting a roll, get a bee in my mm. bonnet here, because this is, this is crucial stuff, if you're listening. This is just so vital for your success. You can't see this right now, but Tony's angry, man. Oh, he's got uh, <laughs> little frown lines above his eyes. He's into it. See, the, the, the challenge or thing that most people do is they just simply put a markup on materials and have a standard la labour charge out rate. That's a big mistake. Mm. 
Uh, that's hoping for profit, but it's not planning for it. So you can still have a markup on your materials and have your standard labor charge at rate, but you've got to check the gross profit, the gross margin on those jobs before you send the quote and adjust them so they hit the targets that you want. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and it might be as simple as, um, you know, a lot of people will have a standard markup on the materials. Uh, maybe it's 25, 30%. But, you know, you've got to get smart on all the screws and washers and all the small items. You might have 100 or 150% markup on those. Obviously, for the bigger items, you, you won't have that much. But you've got to work those markups so that they give you the margin that you want. Yeah. Well, how do we know where we're at with all this? I think that's this really is, the big thing. Okay, so the first key thing is we've got to price for profit. Yeah. And get serious about this. The second thing is, and this is the big mistake, huge one, not back-costing the jobs you've done. Yeah. So that's not checking how the job actually went. That's it. And this is about productivity. Mm. And to see how good your pricing was as well. Well, on the one side, no, mistake number one, we haven't potentially priced enough uh, profit into the job, so there's the pricing side, but now we're at the delivery side where we have to live up to what we've priced and make sure that we can actually stick to everything that we budgeted for um, and come within those uh, you know, within yep. those targets those or estimates. better. Right? Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I, and I've forgotten something really important uh, under the pricing is that actually, you know, I just want to jump back to that because this is important. Uh, you know, big mistake people make when they're putting that price together is they don't check the margin, but they don't actually factor everything in to the price, so they miss stuff off the price. You've got to get a list of absolutely everything involved in the job. Dump this fees, actually comes to back in a circle, right? Because that's right. the thing is, is where do I find that information? Well, I find it from my back costing in previous jobs. That's right. Because it's easy to forget stuff if I'm not checking, hey, yeah. this is the stuff that comes up all the time. Yeah. Or, you know, and then you keep getting the same surprise, and so it's a surprise, but it shouldn't be a surprise because it happens every bloody time. Yeah, and <laughs> if you don't back cost your jobs, you never figure out all the details that you need to have in your pricing. So so That's back it. costing is critical because it checks the, the productivity. You know, I set 37 hours for the team to do this job and they did it in 33. Great job. Yep. Uh, actually, this took 53 hours. Uh, well, what went wrong? Well, actually, the, uh, the building contractor was really disorganized and we had two extra trips because they weren't ready for us. Okay, yep. that tells us something about how we need to organize the job. You know, maybe we need better pre-job checklists. Maybe we need to have better communication, better comms with the builder. Maybe this builder is just a pain in the butt and we need to exit this builder. But yeah. that's how you figure it out. Uh, there's, there's lots of things you can find here. I mean, like, if we start looking, it's like, hey, we blew out on this job and then we blew out on the next job. We blew out on the next job. You know, if we're blowing out, you know, three out of five times on this type of work, I shouldn't care why. The fact is, is it takes longer than I'm that I'm budgeting. That's right. So your only real option is to magically make people faster, or just to price for how long it actually takes. Yeah, and well, you can't know that if you don't back cost. And how often does this happen? You've probably done it yourself. You know, if you're listening, you've probably priced a job out of your own mind about how fast you can do it. But yeah. maybe you're the the you know you're you the are one, the best tradesperson in your business. You're the That's one out of ten tradesperson. That's right. And you need to price it for the average tradesperson who's doing the work. That's it. And back costing will tell you that. And yep. often our pricing is too aggressive. We sort of, oh, we'll just make the price a bit cheaper by taking some hours off it. Yep. That's crazy, right? It takes what it takes. And you're just, you're basically bleeding your own wallet when you do that. That's right. Uh, so back costing is critical. What you basically do is create a mini profit and loss for each job you do and check, did it hit the margin we want? If it didn't, why, why not? And you can dig into the details. And here's the thing, the devil is in the details. This is a details type job. And if you want to make great money, you've got to look at the details because that's where the money is hiding. Literally, the money is hiding in the details of your jobs. Mm. As simple as that. Uh, and so uh, that's where you've got to look. Um, mm. Look, give you an example. Um, a couple of people we work with had a, had a very successful, from the outside business, growing, good revenue, good contracts, but massive cash flow problems. 
you know, they had uh, debts with the tax office of $350,000, uh, struggling to pay their workers each week. Now, we started the process of backcosting. They were working with a large housing company, and the margins on those jobs were between 18 and 20% gross margin. Well, that's a nightmare. They didn't realise. They knew that there were some issues. They knew they had cash flow problems, but they weren't looking at the profit. Looked at the profit of these jobs, 18 to 20%. This is a problem. Let's go looking what's going on. 18 to 20, 22 trips to some sites for these jobs. They're not complex houses. Mm. Huge problem with the organisation of the builder and their own organisation, and nobody really providing any accountability about how many times their tradespeople drove the van to the job. Mm. Issues with ordering and logistics. So they changed that. They got on top of that, put the right processes and systems in place. They actually tweaked the margins uh, with the builder a little bit as well. Those jobs miraculously started hitting 33 35 36%, 38%. Yep. That's through the power of backcosting. There is money in your business right now if you're listening, mm. just waiting for you to go and get it if you do this type of work. You just need to find where, which means you find need to be looking. Yeah. Yep. So the backcosting actually shines a light on what's happening and what's not happening. You know, What jobs are profitable, what jobs are not. Where your team's slow, where there's delays, where there's organisational problems, where there's material delays, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and look, we've talked about inflation a lot, right? Uh, that's a big issue uh, over the last 12 to 18 months. And uh, a lot of people are losing money at the moment on their jobs. And Mr. K and uh, Mr. B, in this example, I know that that's a big issue for them. They actually, because they have forgotten to back cost for a couple of months, they haven't seen the price increases come through. They haven't seen the effect of the increase in labour on their profitability. So right now, this is even more important to do. Well, I'd say the thing is, is everybody probably knows it's there and you probably feel it a little bit, but do you know exactly where it is by exactly how much the increases have been and exactly how much you need to increase in order to maintain your margin? Because you might be like, oh, yeah, materials are getting a bit more expensive and yeah, labour's a bit more expensive and maybe I'll just push things up a little bit. But if you haven't actually got into the details of how much more everything is costing, then you can't really be accurate with how much more you should be costing for your services uh, and as a result you know you're probably the one who's left wearing the gap uh, yeah you're the one who's taking the haircut yeah that's right and so don't be that guy it's or girl. Uh, yeah don't be that person. The, the devil is in the details uh you look it's you know for, for time and material invoices where you do a repair job uh rather than just doing the invoice and chucking your markups on it and sending it out what you do is you look at the invoice you back cost it before you send it like where's the margin on this job well, geez, this one hits 37%. This has to be 55%. I've got to change some stuff here. That's right. And so you change it before you even send it, and then you're making bang straight away. Yeah. Real simple. Yep, totally. All right. Well, so Number three, yeah. So we've done two. This is, this is number three, the bonus. Labor utilisation. So as, as we said, we can look at all the jobs and cost them all, and they can look real good. But if you've got your team sitting around or you're wasting hours between jobs, then your overall gross profit you know, across all the jobs for the month when you put it together is going to be down yeah, and that's going to hurt your business. Uh, and look, an example is um, uh, one of our members does a lot of work at, at, uh, at dairy companies mm. and uh, they do some project work and they do a lot of service work and they have an agreement with, uh, with the dairy company about what they can charge for their service work. Uh, so they're allowed, I think it's a 10% markup on materials and obviously their labour charge. Well, when you back cost that and then you look at the, the labour utilisation, there's no service fee, there's uh, no way to recoup travel, mm. uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's being missed because this particular client's invoicing from the time they show up to the job to the time they leave. 
Well, it costs way more to provide that service than just that. But their labour utilisation is really low. They're missing out 25%, 30% because yep. of all this unchargeable time. Yeah, that's right. So we've got to be really uh, really aware of where the non-chargeable time is. And you've got to measure this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, if you're not, you're, you're missing a trick because you're going to be saying, well, my on-job profit's really good because you're looking at your back costing and you're hitting reasonable margins. Uh, but then you look at your profit and loss statement and the margin's not the same. And uh, most likely it's because your labour utilisation's not high enough. So even though your on-job profit looks good, you know, job-to-job job looks good, on the profit and loss it doesn't, and it's because you have all of this uh, unchargeable time. It's, uh, it's almost always the reason. Yeah, 100%. And, and um, there I go again with 100%. Yeah, we'll never oh. stop. We'll never stop. Creature of habit. So uh, this is this is important. Uh, when you're doing, and this often happens with service work as well, yep. uh, you know, where you've got lots of jobs going on, and that's why your service work margin should be higher because there's more mucking around. You've still got to do an invoice, and there's potentially a little bit of downtime, but you want to minimise that as much as possible. Uh, that's why... You, you really need to have a service fee when you do a job because well, it's just more back end anyway. I mean, like yeah. just even even before you get into you know job to job time and you know dead time and stuff. Yeah, you know, there's just more admin with service. Yeah. Fees, yeah. So the rule is, and this is a you know if you're listening, say no to non chargeable time. Make it unacceptable in your business. Do not have places where your employees can charge non chargeable time. You know, if you really think about it, pretty much everything your employees do. Uh, if they're out in the field, if they're a, a tradesperson or a technician, is about job. Yeah. So it right. should be charged to so a job. chargeable time. So, you know, uh, ordering materials should be charged to a job. Travelling to a job, charged to a job. What else? I mean, really everything apart from cleaning your van yeah. and training. Like yeah. Everything else is chargeable. Writing the invoice. Like, if you're on a job, your 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 team should 100% finish their job notes and stuff on the job. Yeah, Totally. Uh, and the client should pay for that because it's don't part leave of the site until yeah. you, don't leave site until you've put all your information into your job it's management done. software. Um, that's part of the job. So you know, and you stop charging when you leave site. Yeah, and and here the thing: don't, don't feel don't finish. feel bad about charging this because if you do, it's going to cost you a lot of money. That's right, uh, and that's you can't right. provide a great service. So say no to non chargeable time. Maybe cleaning the van and maybe some training. That's the that's the non chargeable time. Yeah, end of story. And this is a super big topic. I mean, we could get into other things like you know get into gross profit per hour calculations uh, we could get into fixed pricing and the effect that that has but I think you know for today we just want to leave everybody with those three points which is you know make sure that your pricing has good margin in it make sure that your uh, you know productivity is actually standing up to the pricing that you've put in place and then make sure you're managing the labor utilization yep. if you do those three things your on-job profit will improve and yep. that will improve the overall profit of your business the, the back costing is critical lose. it's just yeah. unbe- like you said that productivity check uh, that learning loop that you get between Doing the pricing, then doing the back costing and learning about how good the pricing was and the productivity. Yep. That's a that's a, a wealth cycle, if you like, that you need yeah, to it's implement. It's a never-ending loop and you never get out of it. That's, yep. uh, that's the he, he, here's, a, here's a, something that I want you to think about if you're listening. Uh, and this, this should be really exciting to you. And this is our experience working with thousands of business owners uh, just like you who own businesses who want to make some more coin. When you get on top of this stuff, you will see between a 5 and 10% improvement in your gross profit. Simple as that. By like minimum. By minimum. learning how to price correctly, back cost your jobs, monitor your labour utilisation. Now, minimum. That, it's it's incredible. It blows my mind. It, you know, people think it's some kind of magic Jedi trick, and it probably is, <laughs> but it's it's just got to be done. And if you think about this, just think about this in these terms. Let's say your revenue is a hundred thousand dollars a month. Let's say just a five percent improvement. That's five thousand dollars extra gross margin a month which turns into extra net profit a month because there's no extra costs associated yeah, with it. You have increase your overhead. 
Evan and Chris yeah. Overhead. If you multiply 5,000 by 12, what do you get? 60K. 60K in profit that is sitting in your business right now, just waiting for you to get up and go and find it. Yeah. And it's 5%. I mean, that's, no, that's nothing. It's yeah. really exciting. And if you yeah. listen, you should be excited about that. You should get onto this. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want another 60 grand for? Yeah. And I mean, if your business is bigger, it. yeah, it's more. Well, that's right. The same swinch, uh, hinge swings a much bigger door. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. so, yeah, heaps to be gained, guys. So let's land this plane. Alrighty. So your gross margin or your uh, job profit, that is the absolute key to financial success in your business. So make sure uh, you're pricing for profit, you're back costing all your jobs, so you're getting the productivity uh, analysis done, you're tracking yeah, your labour utilisation, uh, you continually track this, and you will improve your profitability. Hey, if you want some help uh, getting the back costing and the pricing done, just check out the free resources on the uh, Profitable Tradie website, which is www.profitabletradie.com. Thanks, Eats, for listening. We'll catch you all again uh, next time on the Profitable Tradie podcast. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Tradie podcast. Most business owners undervalue their work and many do it chronically. When you don't value the work you do, it leads you to charging less than you could and should for the services that you provide. And not charging enough creates profitability and cash flow issues in your business. Tune into next week's podcast where we discuss the three critical steps to getting paid what you're worth. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trading, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of the Profitable Trady Podcast.